Here on Locked on Blue Jackets, we are rounding out our week of draft coverage with some more prospect profiles as we look at a couple of players that could potentially be future Columbus Blue Jackets. Today, we're talking to Jared Brown, all about Cutter Gauthier of the U.S. National Development Team. All that is coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jacket, who are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster. Super glad that you are here with me to talk about all things Blue Jackets and all things the future of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first watch of the day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also on YouTube. So if you want to subscribe over there, make sure you uh, go and hit that button and you'll get all of the podcasts directly onto your phone. It is easier for you and much better for me. So uh, today, like I said at the top of the show, we're doing another prospect corner, another prospect profile. Um, we've got Jared Brown of Draft Pro Hockey here to talk all about Cutter Gauthier, who is a prospect that I didn't know a ton about until until just now when I talked to Jared about him. So I'll uh, I'll just jump right into that. So we know Columbus is going to be drafting 6th overall and 12th overall after the results of uh, Tuesday night's draft lottery, which means now our draft profiles can have a little bit more specificity to them. So uh, I've got Jared Brown back, friend of the show. We've had him on before. Always, always great to talk to him. Uh, and we're going to be doing... A couple more prospect profiles just to round out this week of uh, draft lottery coverage. Uh, how's it going, Jared? Uh, pretty good. Thanks for having me on again. Really enjoy uh, coming on, and uh, hopefully I can share some more light on new players that uh, Columbus could choose at 6 and 12. Yeah, I know you have been super, super busy with the uh, draft pro hockey draft ranking. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate yeah. You, you taking the taking the time uh, and I feel like every time I sit down with uh, like a, a draft expert or a prospect expert I come away thinking like man maybe Columbus should try to draft him so I'm interested yeah. to get just a couple more guys who were uh, the first one uh, we're going to talk about I'm really interested in because I'm not gonna lie I'm not super up on prospects but I like to think I know enough to make me dangerous especially after doing I think this is this will be like 13 and 14 uh <laughs> The, the prospect profiles until they released the newest like the official draft rankings i had never heard of cutter gautier until they were like yeah he's the third best north american skater so uh like i guess my first question is like have i just been missing this huge prospect all this time as he shot up the rankings like what's what's going on with cutter gautier and why is he such a new name in uh, in my mind <laughs> You know, I I don't think it's it's a case of um, this uh, you know this player shot up the rankings and it surprised everyone. I think it's more of a case to show how really close the draft crop is this year, uh, even in North America. Like it, it's you know it started out you know the top three players uh, with your preliminary rankings were probably Shane Wright, Matt Savoy, and Brad Lambert. And, uh, and now I know Brad Lambert plays in Europe, but that was the, the top three players that you really talked about. Um, 
and uh, it's it's a bit all over the place. I see Savoy now dropping in some people's rankings and some mock drafts, but uh, you know, Cutter Goche is a guy who he did surprise me actually in his um his I guess uh, his drafts plus one year when he was with the uh, under seventeen uh, program team with the United States. Um, you know, I thought he was a bit under radar. You had guys like Logan Cooley and Isaac Howard that really stole the show that year. I thought he was really good and he was kind of underrated. Just his all-around game is what I really liked. And then this year, I mean, I, I went back um, literally a couple nights ago. I went back to go uh, check out some of his just shift by shifts uh, from the U18s. And this is a player that he's really caught my eye. I mean, you know, he's someone that he possesses many projectable pro tools. Like he can play a skilled game. He can play with size and strength, uh, you know, to play a, a heavy type of game, you finish his checks. Uh, and then probably the best part of his game is his shot and his uh, scoring instincts. Uh, he can be a trigger man on the power play. And that's where he's been pretty deadly this year. I mean, I think he's, he had over 30 goals with the program. Um, and um he had in in the gold medal game for the U18s against Sweden. He registered, I think, around 15 to 17 shot attempts. Um, so the guy likes to shoot. That's clear. Um, but I think he's a guy who has just many, many tools to succeed for the NHL. And I think that's why he's vaulted up all the way to what is that third best North American skater now. So um, we'll see. We'll see if. Uh, NHL teams and organizations feel the same way and where he'll go uh, come draft day. Yeah, having kind of looked into him a little bit after kind of looking at these draft rankings and being like, wow, I can't believe they've done my boy Frank Nazar dirty like this. Um, yeah. I kind of was like, cut it, go, yeah, I, I, I guess. And so I looked into him and was like, oh, okay, he's 6'3". That probably, like, I feel like that probably plays into it a little yeah. bit. But is that, you know... I feel like the the knock on the bigger guys is always oh they can't skate they're not fast enough is that something that you kind of you get from Gauthier or is he one of those rare guys that is big and kind of like a, a um when I was talking about your Slavkov Slavkovsky with um, mm -hmm. Ben Holm of Smart Scouting he was like yes yeah, Slavkovsky skates well not just well for a big guy but well is yeah. kind of Gauthier kind of in that or is he a guy that you think oh he skates okay but he's also six three so you know you kind of you give up some skills yeah. yeah no i i honest i don't have any issues with his skating i think his skating will translate to the nhl fine um you just watch his the mechanics of his of his stride um he uses a lot of crossovers to gallop kind of through the neutral zone with the puck where he's able to um you know kind of skate with some impressive bursts at times um and uh, I just think he's very fluid going both north, south and, and east to west, um, which is something that is, you know, a very good tool to have already, because normally in prospects, you may have one, they may only be good in one of those aspects. They may be a really strong north, south skater, but they struggled kind of moving east to west. Uh, and obviously this is all like, let's say, controlling the puck. Um, so I, I don't have any issues with the skating. I think it's, you know, it's pretty fluid. Um, I think there's some, 
I'd say he could work on his acceleration, like his first two-step acceleration. Um, you can see that and kind of sometimes race for pucks. But as soon as he mixes in some crossovers, you see the the speed start to come. And then he utilizes that long reach at being 6'2", 6'3", whatever he is. And he's able to really protect it off the rush and in transition. So I think it's a guy who he won't struggle really with the transition game. Um, but when it comes to let's say back checking, um, not to say he's a bad back checker, but you do need some good acceleration to help back check. And I think that's one area that he could probably work on a little bit more. Yeah. That feels like a, in terms of things that like the NHL team development can teach him, that feels like it's yeah probably pretty easy to implement as opposed to like, if a guy has, you know, low hockey IQ, say mm-hmm. a lot easier to teach. Yeah those two no. is to teach hey make this decision instead of that decision so uh yeah absolutely um, does you know he... I, I, I sorry i was just gonna say like it, it's it's one of those you know aspects where um if you got a good skating coach and a good skating development team you can um you can train them to kind of improve the stride mechanics and all that and like you said if they don't have the hockey iq or even sometimes not just hockey iq it's commitment and compete if they don't have that that's one red flag and that's going to stop them from getting meaningful nhl minutes really if you're not giving your all on the back check or if you're doing lazy line changes because you don't want to get a minus (laughs) um like you're you're not going to be trusted by nhl coaches and we've seen that by a lot of skilled players yeah so he's listed on elite prospect as a center slash left wing mm-hmm. is this a guy that is a, a legit nhl center do you think i feel like that that's that's kind of been a big thing yeah. for blue jackets prospects recently is obviously kent johnson was drafted as a center and i don't know that a lot of people necessarily see him as a center in the nhl cole Sillinger yeah. again was drafted as a center i think he's doing better i don't know if he's necessarily the number one center that we yeah. really need him to turn into is Gauthier kind of in that same boat of probably drafted as a center might be a better fit on the wing or <laughs> so he fits that yeah. <laughs> exactly I think he's going to be uh, a left winger in the NHL um, he's uh, for for a lot for you know I would say good portion of the season he's played alongside Logan Cooley and Jimmy Snuggerud. Jimmy Snuggerud's the right winger, and Logan Cooley has been down the middle at times. I mean, Cutter Gocha has been slotted on that left wing to really, you know, make that one of the best lines in junior hockey. Um, and so he takes faceoffs occasionally, but I'd say he's primarily a left winger. And I think that's what he will be in the NHL. I mean, you, you know, he will probably get drafted listed as a center like Kent Johnson, but I think he's going to be better suited on the wing. In a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Jared about Gautier, but first I want to tell you about a new sponsor, uh, and they have a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to be a little bit more healthy, I wanted more energy, and I wanted to get all of the benefits from all of the minerals without all of the effort, taking a bunch of different vitamins and pills. And uh, so I found Athletic Greens and I've been taking it for a few months now and I love it. It doesn't taste super healthy. It has this kind of 
nice tropical fruity taste that I've started to look forward to every morning and I feel so much better. So what is it? With one scoop of delicious AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Basically, all, all the things that you need to feel better in your body cost you less than $3 a day, which is cheaper than your cold brew habit. They are keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, and gluten-free, and they have over 7,000 five-star reviews from professional athletes and leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It is just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, I feel like that's a, that's been, I don't know if this is, again, like confirmation bias because it's, I've been paying attention to it for the last couple of years. I feel like once you get out of the top kind of two or three centers in the draft, Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you're looking at a lot of these guys that are listed as centers and are actually wingers, you know? Yep. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing, one of the big aspects with that is um, you get pushed aside because the team has already good center depth, right? I mean, let's take, um, I'll throw LA Kings out, for example. I mean, there's center depth right now. You have Kopitar, Deneau, and Philip Deneau as your number one and two centers. Quinton Byfield has always been a natural center his entire life, but I don't see him taking over Philip Deneau's role as the second line center. So he's going to maybe have to adapt to the wing or play as a third, third line center. And then on top of that, you have Alex Turcott, another one of their top draft picks they've had in the system. He's always been a natural center. And with Byfield in the mix too, I mean, uh, there's four centermen right there, but I don't think Turcott and Byfield want to be third, fourth line centers, considering where they were drafted. I think they're going to have to adapt to a winger role. And so, you know, most of the time you get these players who play center for a lot during junior and all that, and they um, they have to adapt and they have to change the wing. So much like Gutter Goji, I think that's going to be the case, although he's already transitioned to the wing for a lot of the season. Yeah, it's, again, it's, it's a very similar thing to to Ken Johnson, who drafted the center and then played basically the entire the entirety of his sophomore season on yeah. the wing with um, I want to say Matty Benitez in yeah, the I think so, and yeah, uh, Brandon Brisson. So mm-hmm. it could be another case of drafting a, a center and then being like, oh, actually, no, we're going to play him at wing. However, yeah, <laughs> don't have a lot of actual centers. Mm-hmm. You know, we've kind of got, I would say, generously, I would give them two and a half centers on yeah. a on a good day with everyone healthy. So it, it could get yeah. interesting. Um, I know we, we've talked about this before in terms of prospects, and I don't, you know, I know you don't necessarily have NHL comparables for every prospect. Is yeah. there anyone that like stands out as, oh, that's like a Kutagotier type player? So 
Uh, I was actually thinking about this today. I'm thinking about coming up because I, I figured you were going to ask me this question. <laughs> it's my favorite um, question. <laughs> yeah. And so I was thinking of some comparables that come to mind. And there is one comparable that Blue Jackets fans know very well. Uh, it's Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> ah, yes. um, I think he's got kind of the frame and the size of him. He's got the finishing ability, um, you know, and then he's got that uh, ability to play a heavy, tough game like Dubois does. Um, so he's the closest guy I can think of as a comparison. There isn't, there was another name that came to my mind. It was Andrei Svechnikov, but I don't think he's going to be as, uh, let's say, like I, I think Svechnikov is a top line winger every day of the week in the NHL. And Cutter Gauthier, he definitely could get there, but I look at him as more of a. I think he could excel as a second line winger. Um, I think Svechnikov is a way more explosive skater. So that's where I don't think, you know, Goche has that level of explosiveness. He has a bit, but it's not Svechnikov level. Also, Svechnikov just loves to throw the body as much as he can. And, and Goche, he'll finish his checks here and there. So he shows that heaviness in his game, but he doesn't do it as a con- at, at nearly of a consistent level, I'll say. Um, but th- those are two comparable names I could I could give for Goche. Um, but you know his the the mix of his game is is very unique in his own way. And um, you know I and I actually I've been analyzing his his shooting mechanics a little bit more, and they're pretty high end. And there are times where I come around I come away watching the way he releases and he gets his hands away from his body and he he brings the top hand back in to kind of really snap the puck off the the middle of his blade with very good velocity. Um and some of it it looks like the um you know a bit of like an Austin Matthews release. And um, I'm not saying Cutter Goche is going to be a 60 goal scorer. <laughs> so you, before you I get radioed, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get radioed for this. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to get radioed <laughs> for that comment, but I, I watch his release and, and there are times where, you know, he comes in on a breakaway and he just makes a quick little move and his hands are so deceptive. And then he'll just slide at five hole, much like what Austin Matthews does, can do. And so I'm, you know, I've been watching his shot and watching how he's been scoring goals this year. And I'm like, that's pretty high end. Like, I think he can definitely be uh, a consistent 30 goal score in the NHL. Which I think probably brings us to kind of the, the crux of the, of the question, which is the Blue Jackets drafting sixth and 12th in this draft. Mm. Do you think Cutter Gauthier falls to sixth? Obviously he's the third ranked North American skater, but then, you know, you've got to mix yeah. in the Europeans and, uh, probably doesn't go third overall Mm. sixth does he fit into the blue jackets plan do you think i i think this it it could go he could he could go six he could go 12th honestly i think so because of how close um the uh the draft class really is um you know and and it's going to really depend on i I think it's going to depend a bit on um recency bias on how he's finished down the stretch, which could make him go sixth. It could make him go top five, maybe. I I think it's, um, you know, maybe in the four, fifth spot, you could could argue he's getting uh, traction to go there. 
but I think he's, um, you know, he, he's had a great second half of the season. He had a really good, you know, under 18 tournament. Um, and I think he, I, I think if he goes sixth overall, uh, that's just very good considering he was, he was probably a late first rounder to start the year and he's really elevated his game, obviously, but I could also see him going 12th. So, but I, I think he's a guy for Columbus that would really kind of help them out on the wing um, and playing alongside like, like him playing alongside Cole Sillinger could be a really good kind of duo um, because they both play, they can both play with a little bit of an edge and, and heavy game. And that, you know, I think, you know, you look at how Columbus has had success. I know they've had a coaching change and all that, but they've had success in the playoffs playing that kind of heavy game. And, and, you know, you look at how, uh, just coming off the top of my head, Brandon Dubinsky against Crosby in the playoffs. You know, he was such a pest there. And like, I think that's what Cole Sillinger can be. And then you, you mix in the skill with Cutter Goche, and that's a, a pretty formidable duo, I think. So, uh, in a minute, we're going to talk about a little bit more about Cutter Goche and also uh, a little bit about who the Blue Jackets should take sixth overall. But first, I'm going to tell you about Bet Online because our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. And that is why they are the official sports betting site of the Locks On Podcast Network. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball uh, fights, even next season's NFL futures, as well as, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk in like Columbus media circles. I say a lot of talk in Columbus media circles. It's mostly just one guy um, that is is saying this a lot and he's been talking a lot about how Columbus needs some size. They need some grit. They need to get mm-hmm. meaner. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering what your thoughts are on 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 that. Because I like I, mm-hmm. I really like how the team played this year. Obviously, they didn't make the playoffs, but I thought they were a lot better than everyone expected yep. them to be. And I don't necessarily think that that is kind of in their identity anymore. You know, they've kind mm-hmm. of moved on from like the, the Dubinsky as much as I love Brandon Dubinsky. Yeah. No longer on the team. Nick Felino, no longer on the team. Uh, yeah. Josh Anderson has gone. Pierre Dubois has gone. Uh, Max Domi kind of played that role, even though he's mm-hmm. like five nine on a good day, you know. Um, yeah. And I don't necessarily think that the team needs that kind of size or, or mm. grit anymore. But I'm wondering what your your thoughts on that are. Yeah, I, I think you need a good balance uh, for sure. I, I think you need. Um, one or two maybe highly skilled guys that uh, I would say runs the power play and runs the offense at even strength. Um, That's, that's what you'll need to succeed at the end of the day. And we looked at, or let's just look at how the NHL was this year. I mean, goal scoring was up tremendously Uh, and you know everyone was like okay well everyone was scoring goals in the regular season but we know what happens in the playoffs and the playoffs uh, gets tight and uh, (laughs) there's more blowouts in the playoffs this year than regular season games i mean um you know it's it's like the clearly this year i i don't know what it is the players are just getting more skilled they're getting um 
better um, or maybe it's just an off year for goalies. Who knows? But I think you need that. You need those one or two highly skilled players, but then you need a bit of grit. You need some some guys who are going to play a little bit tougher, and and especially if you can get like a center or a winger that can play tough man on man defense. You know, they don't even need to really get under the opponent's skin. They just need to let the other players know that they're there. Like, and I think as much as people hate Tom Wilson, uh, that's that's what he does really well. He, he lets you know he's on, he, you know, when he's on the ice, cause he's coming at you, but then, you know, you got Kuznetsov and Ovechkin or, you know, Ovechkin's an outlier cause you know, he can, he can hit, he's a freight train and does everything. Um, but Kuznetsov, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't play physical at all, but he is, you know, very, very skilled. And that's why Washington has success. And, uh, for bracket reasons, I hope they uh, end up beating Florida, so I get that <laughs> prediction right. Yeah, I I tell this story a lot, but I was talking to this was a lot. This was a long, long time ago. I was, I was talking to Steve Dangle about um, Alex Ovechkin, and he was like, and it's always stuck with me. He says Alex Ovechkin plays in the NHL like I play NHL on my Xbox. You know, he routinely <laughs> yeah. was leading the league in points, goals, and hits. Yeah. Um, dude's just a like you say a freight train, but yeah. um, I guess let's uh, let's kind of wrap wrap back around and uh, just mm-hmm. finish up with. So the Blue Jackets are picking sixth overall. Yeah. Who would you put in that spot? Who do you think the Blue Jackets should draft, and mm-hmm. who do you think the Blue Jackets will draft? Because I feel like that those are two very different answers sometimes. Yeah. Well, so. You know, I, I've done a bit of a, I've done a little bit of a mock draft myself for the top 16 after the draft lottery happened. So I'm, I'm kind of like thinking of who players uh, or who teams um, are going to pick and all that. Um, and if it, it may not happen, but if Joachim Kemmel is available at number six, I think you pounce on that pick right away and you don't look back. Like, I, I think that he's a guy who... Um, I think he's got the best release and the best shot in the um, in the, the the draft. He's not even that big of a player, but the power of his shot makes it seem like the guy should weigh like 220 pounds, like like Ovechkin, like it's it's really and he plays like Ovechkin from that um, uh, left circle on the power play. He's got a massive one timer, big wind up, and he can just he can beat goalies clean with the power and accuracy of his shot. So I think that is, you know, if, if I'm Columbus, that's who I'm targeting with the sixth overall pick. He may not get there. I could definitely see him going top four. Um, but we'll we'll see come, you know, draft day if that is gonna be available. Uh for who I think they will choose. I mean, I could see them choosing. I could see them choosing a defenseman if they're there. I could. I could definitely see them choosing, um, probably Juracek, because I think the. I think Nemec is a better defenseman than Juracek. For the record, I like Nemec's upside more. I think he's got more potential to be uh, more dynamic offensively, but Juracek fits that. 
two-way build and he can play in all situations really well. And I think when I look at Columbus, you already have Zach Wierenski as your number one power play guy. So I think if you can get, uh, if you bring in someone like Juracek, maybe he becomes like your number one penalty killer on, on the back end. And that could really uh, help them out. So I, I could see them going for someone like David Juracek at number six, if he's available again, he could go higher, but um you know, those would be my two options. I think Kemmel, I'd, I'd go with Kemmel over Juracek. But if they're both available at number six, I think they'll go with Juracek just to improve their their blue line. And I don't know if they really have a, a, a big right shot, or not big, but like a, a high-end right shot defenseman coming up. I know they, they drafted uh, Kuhlman's mm. and uh, Svozil, but I forget if Kuhlman's is a right shot or a left shot. Is he a right shot? I'm gonna I say Kuhlman's a left shot, but do not quote me. I know, I know, Svozil uh, is a left shot, but um, I could be just that. My my opinion could be right out the window there if Kuhlman's is a right shot. But yeah, but... I think, like you said, I think Columbus has gone from having uh, quite a deep prospect pool on D to suddenly being like, oh, actually, we need to kind of restock the cupboard a little bit. And I think there's a handful of guys yeah. now that are going to be good in a couple of years, but I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if we can take a defenseman in this draft to try and get, like, yeah. not necessarily a replacement, Seth Jones, but someone to kind of hang on that top pairing with Wernicke, because I don't know. Yeah. I think there are guys on the li- in the lineup right now that have that potential. Um, mm-hmm. Adam Oquist, if he can stay healthy, I think could be that number two defenseman. I think there's potential in Jake Bean. Um, Andrew Peake played that role for most of the season, which was very confusing to me. Um, but he did fine, I guess. But we don't really have someone like right now that I think is a deadlock to be, yeah, that defense partner for Zach Wierenski. Yeah, I think you know, Bolkvist and Jake Bean, I've you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they are kind of similar player yeah. types. Um, so uh that for me it leaves room for only one of them in the lineup once you um i guess improve uh the the balance of your of your lineup um like you said andrew peak did a did a good job i think solidifying the role of of playing top four and maybe even top minutes um but he seems like a player that probably would be best as like a strong second pairing guy right he's our new david savard um, yeah. is, is kind of how I've been thinking about it. And then we obviously we have Vladislav Gabrikov, who is our single defensive defenseman. He's the only one. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> bunch of Rovers and then him. And he was yeah. really, really good this season, I thought. But yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, the, the, the defense core is kind of weird for... Yeah. For so I think I'd really like yeah. them to take a, take a defenseman. If that, that's, why, that's why I think they would go with Juracek. Because yeah. I think if you could get Juracek to be... Um, you know, I guess you could you would put him maybe alongside Zach Wierenski on that top pair. That that would be a that could be a really not fun top pair to play against if you're yeah. an Eastern Conference team down the line because you got the offensive instincts and the uh, IQ of Wierenski, and then you got the 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 defensive IQ of Juracek, who also is not bad offensively either. So. And I think that's all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, Jared will be back and we'll be talking about a different NHL uh, potential prospect. We'll be talking about Swiss prospect Marco Casper and uh, whether he could fit in on the Blue Jackets. 
or potentially go 12th overall to them. So that is tomorrow's episode. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at LockedOnBlueJackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.